Salam, welcome back to Sabr and Saleh. Today's episode, I will be talking about the framework of my podcast, why I chose my podcast name, and also um, this will be a episode about my journey to Islam. Um, I'm not a revert, but um, kind of just finding my pathway back to Islam, taking Islam seriously and all of that. So hope you guys enjoy. Alright, so to start off, I chose the name Sabr and Saleh because Sabr in Arabic um, means patience and Saleh means virtue, um, righteousness, or pious, um, depending on the interpretation of the um, word itself. But um, I chose Sabr and Saleh because have patience um, and also have virtue, which are very important um things that you need within like your iman things that you need in your daily life uh like you need patience um not just of course waiting and waiting and waiting but also knowing what's to come what's in store for you also always trusting um the path that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has in store for you um knowing that you know just knowing like what your life has in store for you basically and then i also chose salah because virtue um always you know stay um true to your deen um to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um stay true to your worship who you are as a person um yes so to start off my journey to finding um islam within myself i would just like to acknowledge that i'm just an average teen i'm an average everyday muslim that's just living I'm not a scholar. I'm not uh, a really knowledgeable person about the deen or anything. Um, everything that I say in this podcast, um, everybody makes mistakes, of course. So feel free to always correct me if you feel that I say something wrong, um, because that's how I will grow. That's how I will um continue to grow as a person. But I'm not a scholar. I'm not a knowledgeable person. So everything that I say within um this episode or coming episodes is just what I believe and what um. I think and of course if I need to I will always source my um I will always cite um where I get my um either um Quranic verses from hadiths or anything um I will always make sure to sort um cite them and yes so I was born into a Muslim family I was born as a Muslim of course everybody's born as Muslim but uh my parents um all of my family uh is completely muslim 100% muslim so i grew up as muslim um my parents actively practiced it they were very very religious people um prayed all the time fasted read quran uh, all of that they were very knowledgeable about the deen and everything so they taught me from a young age they taught me about islam what it is what it has to offer uh I never really had issues um, with the deen or anything. I just kind of practiced it as if it was a lifestyle. It was like a part of who I was. Uh, my parents kind of like instilled that into me. And I'm very grateful that they did that, um, which kind of helped me grow. As I got older, like it always stuck with me. You know, I never really had the point or like the thought of like, should I really ever leave this deen until later on, of course. But basically, like I said, my parents have... Um, raised me with islam ever since i was literally born as an infant uh so as a young child um my main focus with islam was just the rules like i'd go to like islamic school um my parents would teach me and everything that they taught me and everything that i was taught within islamic school was more was ba- it was based on like um laws of islam basically 
so like why not the why it was more of the how like it's how you pray it's how you dress it's how you act um you need to be modest uh make sure to wear hijab make sure to cover everything pray five times a day they show you how to pray um reading the quran memorizing the quran uh learning about islamic studies things like that so of course i was taught all of that but like i said i was taught the how from a young age until i got older i did not really understand the why and as much as um people would tell me why i was praying or why i was um being modest or wearing um hijab or you know uh fasting or reading quran learning more about islamic studies and the history of islam as much as people told me that it as a kid like you only you only hear so much and you only listen to so much so like as much as um i was told that as a young child i just never really like i just never really like put it as my main focus like you could tell me but i it it was just autopilot like i'd just do it and i didn't really focus on why i was doing so many things even though like my parents would always tell me why i needed to be modest like you need to wear hijab to protect yourself um but i didn't like realize that until later on so like i said i had to like figure out a lot of those a lot of the why on my own later on in life so i was so focused on the how from a young age and that's not to put blame on anybody it's just kind of like within my culture it's kind of more like based on the rules as a young child you're taught the rules of islam you're taught um the basically you're it's kind of instilled into you and another thing that i wish wasn't really like a major thing within my culture as a young like um mixing islam and culture as a young child for me is whenever i would go to islamic school and all of that they they focused on like of course they focused on the rules but it was like really strict so they made you like it was like you had to do this basically like but they didn't explain why it was an obligation like it it kind of felt burdensome like oh you have to do this 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 and that so it's like there's so many rules within the dean but like you're not telling me why there's these rules you know like they didn't really explain it and as much as they explained it they focused more on the how they focused more on like the rules in itself like if you don't pray what's gonna happen to you they focused on like what's gonna happen to you if you don't do these things and they didn't focus on like other factors of it if that makes any sense whatsoever so basically let me rewind um what i mean by that is basically whenever we'd read quran or do any type of islamic studies basically we'd read quran of course we'd memorize it but like i never really knew what i was reading i would just read it to read it and um i always loved quran as a young child but i feel like if i knew what i was reading i definitely would have like enjoyed it and fell in love with it even more and another thing is prayer you know um pray five times a day make wudu do all of that you know um they teach you what to say while you're in prayer but like you again you don't know what you're saying because they never really like even explain it like of course um some of my islamic classes they they forced you to like learn the um not force but like it was a part of the curriculum and everything but basically you needed to learn the meaning um of like surah fatiha you need to learn the meaning of a lot of the um things that you'd say within prayer so i i love that aspect of it but then again you're a child so like you could literally learn all of that but 
at least for me this is how it was for me i'm not gonna like group everybody together but for me it kind of just went in one ear and out the other like i know right now i'm saying i would have appreciated more of the why and more of like um explanations for things but i got all of the explanations for things i got like why we'd pray i got why we would do certain things within islam but like i said as i was a naive child like i saw it as burdensome i was not really like it was not getting into my thick head basically so um i really wish it was more of a like different like teaching style when i was younger which i hope would change in the future um so it doesn't steer a lot of kids away from islam not that it steered me away from islam but i know many people who got steered away from islam because of how strict they were with um, islamic rules and not really like explaining to their children like you do this for that reason like you pray because you're standing in front of Allah, you're asking for Allah, you're like speaking to Allah, basically. You wear hijab to protect yourself. You um, like you basically read Quran. Like whenever you're reading Quran, there's angels around you. Like they, they didn't really tell you all of these things. They didn't tell you more about the beauty of Islam. They just kind of like told you about the rules and the fiqh and all of that stuff, which of course is really good to learn. But um, in order for you to really fall in love with something, you need to see the beauty of it. You need to see more like a bunch of different aspects of it okay so um besides that um that's how i was kind of raised as a young child and like i said that was more islamic school but my parents were like i said my parents were they raised me great um they always instilled islam into me from a young age they showed me the beauty of islam all the time and it really like it that's what kept me going like i saw my mom wear hijab um i started wearing hijab from a very young age um i'd see my mom pray and I see her like really value her dean and her lifestyle and it was it wasn't just her dean but it it integrated into her whole lifestyle like Islam the essence of Islam in itself basically would wherever she was she had a dean in her heart and that just literally made me fall in love with it even more even now that I look at it I'm like wow like my mom really raised me right and I'm so glad that she did because I know other um people that come from Muslim households they really see it as overbearing and you know like their parents are more strict with it and of course my mom was really strict um there's a lot of things that were not up for interpretation like there's a lot of things that you do not have an option like um when it came to hijab and when it came to dressing modest of course uh, my mom was lenient in the beginning yeah but then as you get older like there's things that are not an option but she does it to protect you you know like she doesn't want to force you or anything she doesn't want it to be like a burdensome or anything but she does it to protect you and i was like i really value that about her and um but then again like i said my parents were always rule focused rule oriented um kind of uh basically do this and do that no explanation no interpretation whatsoever like i don't want any back talk you're gonna do it you're gonna do it you know whenever we um like islamic school for example uh like we were put into islamic school and everything and they took it really seriously they were strict about it uh and the thing is since they were so strict about it a lot of young kids usually are like i don't like it i don't want to do this and they find so many ways to cheat the system but i really did not i loved it so much like whenever i'd go it was um i think maybe it reflects on my teacher but whenever i go it was like wow i love this you know every single time i'd open the kitab every single time i'd read a quran go um read and pass to my teacher and everything i think it was because i had a good teacher but besides that like i really enjoyed it from a young age like i really it, i could feel the nude within my heart basically 
Okay, so now that I'm like basically kind of summarized how my childhood was growing up with Islam, I'm going to talk about me getting older. So uh, as I got older and older, this was when I was super young, but as I got older, um, I kind of like, like I said, autopilot for Islam was back on. Like um, I prayed, I not as much as I needed to, um, but I prayed when I could. I fasted, uh, autopilot, of course. I read Quran, autopilot, of course. Um, I just did it to did it be, do it. I did it to do it basically. Like it was just a habit. It was a routine. Like it was a. It was basically just a part of my day. Like if I didn't do it, you know, I couldn't like go on with my day basically. Um, and then fast forward as I got older, uh, more so like middle school-ish, high school-ish, like late middle school, high school, um, basically you fall into the wrong crowd, um, you make friends, you branch out, peer pressure happens, and I grew up, um, I mean, I'm still living within this place, but I grew up in a place, uh, that's very westernized like i live in the western area but basically um there aren't a lot of muslims where i live uh, there's probably like a handful maybe like a couple like probably five max that i knew within my school but basically everybody else is not muslim so of course you're seeing people who are not wearing hijab you're seeing people who are dressing immodest you're seeing people that you know are not doing things that you do daily you know like they're not really they don't do deen whatsoever so that aspect was like really really hard for me because it's like you know, you're you're kind of an outcast, but you don't want to be, but you don't want to, like, I would never, like, sacrifice my deen for anybody else or, like, give it up for anybody else, but then again, you're young and you're naive, like, you're a child, basically, you don't really know, and you're just trying to, like, fit in, you're just trying to, you know, be a part of um, a group and be a part of, like, a bigger thing, basically, but basically, I fell into peer pressure when I got a bit older, like, my teenage years uh i had bad influences as friends i had people that um basically uh i was kind of i was the type of person who i could basically easily be manipulated if you told me to do something like i do it no questions asked if you needed something i would do it no questions asked so i had like really like i said bad influences as friends and um i kind of fell with the wrong type of people at a lot of points within my life where my dean was very lacking my my dean was going downhill um i tr- i wanted to like dress immodest like i was like okay of course not take off my hijab or um anything but like oh i want to try on tighter clothes i want to wear maybe i want to try out jeans um not saying that i did a lot of these things but they were thoughts there were a lot of thoughts, of course. I think everybody thinks that. At some point, there are thoughts where people are like, I want to take off my hijab or I want to try this out, you know. Um, but there was a lot of things. And uh, I found, like, basically later in life, I kind of found a passion for, like, makeup. And um, that reflected on me as well. So I did, like, really heavy dramatic makeup. And then I'd also um, wear, like, more immodest clothes. And then that period of time, I could literally feel my dean lacking and just my iman going so low that it was literally not right. Um, anyway, so like I said, um, teenage years, I fell into so much peer pressure. Not the right group of friends, but also it's hard. It's literally hard living in a Western area with like not a lot of Muslim people around you. And you you need Muslim. You Like when I, when I found um, Muslim friends, it's like it just feels great that you have that 
supports you have people that are like surrounding you people that look like you people that you can talk to dean about like you know i i did not really talk about dean with my non-muslim friends or um people really outside of my household because it's like they weren't really as interested you know and then there comes a time where it's like you're being outcasted for how you look like oh you're wearing hijab this you know people think you're weird and all that so of course there's that aspect of it and people don't want to look like outcasts so they kind of lose the dean for themselves but um i tried so hard not to let that be me um but then again i i never i'm of course alhamdulillah i never left islam or anything um i never like I, of course there's moments like everybody's iman is gonna go up and down you're not gonna have a constant iman and you're not you know your faith is like it's it's inter- it changes 24 7 it changes you know but basically at that point for a while it was like the lowest it possibly could have gotten um and then there's moments where it has gotten lower of course but that moment it was low for a while like uh and then there that was the point of time where everything became mandatory i had to start praying but before this i was not praying basically like i would pray when i could like maybe a couple prayers salats a day but um when it became mandatory on me it was literally so hard so take this as advice start small because when it became mandatory i jumped into it i was like i'm gonna pray all five prayers whereas before i literally did not even i probably prayed one a day so it was literally so hard for me to even like focus on just trying to get my prayers intact now that everything was mandatory and then dressing modestly now that everything was mandatory and then also like trying to keep dean within my heart now that you basically everything is getting written down for me you know like before everything i did like was just me doing it as a child but now i'm i'm basically being tried as an adult i'm a woman i need to like um take everything seriously basically and uh the thing is that my prayers were not they were lacking they were not the best so i took it upon myself to focus on my prayers so I sacrificed every other aspect of Dean and I made sure to just focus just on my prayers. So I I dedicated um a good majority of like a year or a year and a half ish to like get my salat intact, get my prayers intact. So I sacrificed reading Quran daily like I used to um uh I sa- I did not go to as much Islamic school anymore um cuz I was getting older and I was so focused on school like I negotiated with my parents. I was like I don't want to do Islamic school anymore. And then um I also sacrificed uh basically everything else that I was doing as a child. Like of course you you have to fast. Um so I couldn't sacrifice that, but um the one I sacrificed that I really wish I hadn't was probably Quran and um more Islamic studies and um you know wanting to continue to learn more about islam because i kind of put all of that off and i just focused solely on salat and prayer and it took me a while to get prayer um like to get prayer as completely perfect as i could but again it was never perfect and that's the thing we don't know if it'll ever be perfect you just need to try try your best and that's all you could do but i was so focused on getting it to be perfect that like whenever i'd miss one i'd get guilty but the thing is i jumped into it so quickly that like it became so burdensome that 
I, I literally felt guilty. I was like, why why is this feeling like a burden? Why is it feeling burdensome for me to even pick up a kitab? Why is it feeling burdensome for me to learn the history of Islam? For me to like um talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make dua? Why is it burdensome for me to dress modestly and all that? Like just the whole deen in itself just became a burden to me. I felt so guilty. I felt like I honestly could feel my soul and my um my heart and everything my whole literally everything about me just detaching slowly away from islam and i worked so hard on my prayers that like i kept my prayers alive of course um i was at the point where prayer was autopilot prayer was a habit prayer was a routine i couldn't give up prayer so yeah i prayed um it was never perfect like i'm saying i wasn't perfect i was 18 i was a child i was doing the best i could because before that I was doing nothing so to jump into it I was basically trying as best as I could and like I said everything was a burdensome like I'd pray but I wasn't in it I was not completely in it um so I'd pray fast or I'd rush or I'd pray late and I thought I could even though you should not be praying late or praying fast or rushing or anything but I had to learn that later on in life so this went on for like a couple, like a while, at least a while. Like I'm not proud to say that, but it was a bit. And um, everything was burdensome. And I just kind of felt like I was not, I was not portraying myself as the best Muslim I could possibly be. Like, I don't even think I honestly, if I'm being honest, um, at that point in time, I was like, am I, I was really questioning my whole existence. I was like, am I even Muslim right now? Am I even worthy to be Muslim right now when I'm not even taking this deen seriously? Am I even worthy of wearing this hijab right now? When literally, I'm not even gonna lie to you, um, even when I was younger, even was when I was a teen, everybody considered me the religious friend, um, which I don't think people should be going around calling people religious. Um, that has a complete different connotation and I'll get into that like, maybe another day but basically i was considered a religious friend everybody thought i was the perfect muslima everybody thought um i read quran literally 24 7 everybody thought i prayed perfectly 24 7 um whenever a older person looked at me they they compare me to their child like oh look at this girl mashallah like um basically like i just to to the outside world apparently i was this amazing perfect muslim even my parents thought that sometimes like the way i dressed the way i acted um and that i'm not saying that's a bad thing but they nobody really knew what was in my heart except for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of course but nobody really knew what was what i was thinking what i was feeling that i was yeah maybe i might look I might look the part of a perfect Muslim. Yeah, I'm dressing modesty right now. Yeah, I know how to keep to myself and um, have great manners and all that because that's what I was taught as a young age, of course. But outside of, like, you need to look beyond the outside figure. And you Like, look within me. You need to, like, I, I may have masked it as well as I could, but, like, within, inside of me, I was not portraying myself as the best Muslim I could have been. I felt like a fraud. I honestly felt like a hypocrite. I felt like I was lying to all those people who consider me this religious, perfect Muslima. And it honestly it enraged me. It really made me mad because I was not only did I feel like there was so much pressure on me to like be put on that pedestal as well and to act the part 
and to continue acting the part but also I could not I couldn't even fulfill it on my own I couldn't even do it on my own like where where was I why was I not you know reading Quran this day when um why was I not praying as best as I could this day so I felt like a fraud I felt like a hypocrite I honestly um beat myself up about it for a while at least um for a bit I was like um every single time someone would come by me and say something like that I would just look at myself and I'm like no in my head at least I would never visually or um I would never verbally really say anything but in my heart and in my head I was like you don't really know who I am inside you don't know and that's the thing that's the thing about Islam and about Muslims and about literally faith in general you don't know what's in someone's heart you could they could look like the most perfect muslim to you they could dress so modest but on the inside you don't know what they do within their um passing time you don't know what they do when they're at home you don't know what they do when you're not around them same as if you look at a person that does not look modest um if they're not you know dressing modestly or wearing hijab or anything whatsoever you don't know what they do in their passing time they that person could be more religious again let's not go around using the connotation of religious because i feel like that okay we won't get into that right now but um i feel like that word itself people have just turned it into like just a word that has so much like pressure behind it basically that you have to act a certain way you know and look a certain way to society in itself when really you should not be acting of course you should be but really like the only person that really matters to you is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the end of the day um how you look to other people how people perceive you should not really matter at the end of the day because if you know in your heart who you are like if um in a, a really someone that is not um dressing as modestly as another person like i said they're gonna think one way or another like this person is worse off than that person but you don't know you know you're perceiving it completely different only allah knows what's in their heart only allah knows that they are up 24 7 in the night they are the ones praying um in the night making dua to allah they are the ones reading quran learning more about islam you know implementing deen in their lifestyle where the other person that you think could have been religious is doing the complete opposite so like i said that literally all that pressure that was put on me just it it honestly just made me like detach myself even more like i i wanted to make people not believe that anymore basically that like i'm not this religious person um and it was tough because then people started um looking at me a different way people started um being shocked like i never thought you'd do something like this or that and there was of course there's a certain extent to things that i've done um that i would not really like i don't actively show my sins or anything i don't actively um i try to of course hide all of that um like we should not really like publicize our sins or anything to the world you should always keep that private so that's always something i kept private to myself um, and no one really knew about it, but I could see a shift in my energy. I could see a shift in my manners. I could see a shift in my attitude and how I acted and how I dressed and everything when, um, that pressure was put on me, when, um, I wanted to, like, basically prove people wrong, which is not right, because why should I be proving people wrong when their opinion and their perceptions does not matter to me at the end of the day? I'm not standing in front of them on the day of judgment. I'm not, um, answering for my, um, sins to them for the day of judgment. So why should I fall deeper into their traps when it also is literally Shaydan telling me to do all of that? So honestly, I was naive. I was not thinking straight. I was not really like, um, right. I was literally not thinking straight. So, um, that went on for about a while where I basically fell into peer pressure. Um, of course the whispers of Shaydan and also, um, bad influences as friends and 
falling into the wrong um crowd and things like that uh but thankfully alhamdulillah i never completely lost my dean i never completely lost who i was as a person of course i was lost of course there were points in time where i completely questioned my existence and islam and everything i had to offer um but it was not until uh, i think later later in um high school ish like i think it was uh, my junior year i was 16 going um 15 going on 16 17 ish if i remember that correctly okay but basically um junior year of high school i basically that's the year where everything matters that's the year where um you gotta think about your life you have to think about what you want to do basically everything is hardcore that's basically like the toughest year and um I was really not equipped for what that year had to offer. And that's also the year where COVID happened. Uh, COVID-19, the pandemic and everything. But that year probably was one of the worst and best years of my life. And I'm going to get into that right now. Uh, so that year is when I started taking like a course. I was taking harder courses. Um, I started my first job that same year. I had a lot more responsibilities, um, familiar resp- familial responsibilities and um school responsibilities personal responsibilities all of that basically um so it was really like jam-packed busy stressful time of my life uh there was not really a day or moments in my life where I had time to myself for at least a couple months like I was so busy like um taking all these hard courses trying to focus keep my grades up um also adjusting to a new like school system um because that year I think I was taking like college courses and doing them uh not at my school so I didn't have my friends with me um so it was a huge adjustment uh, and I'm not the type of person who deals with change or anything really well so it was stressful it was not the best time and I was also working a lot of hours um so juggling school and um work and all of that and the thing is I had no time for Dean I literally had no time for Dean besides praying when I could um I was on the go so much that literally it was even hard for me to pray, but I made sure to make time for my prayers. And that's a, that was a point in my life where I actually started to take prayers more seriously, which I really love about that. Um, but I would make sure to pray on time. Um, if I did not have a place to pray, I would find a place to pray. I did not care. So that's the time where I literally started, I stopped caring about others people's opinions and perceptions and I started to focus so much more on my prayer trying to fix my prayers because I was not really like doing much with prayer earlier or before that so um I really love that um that's the one thing I love about that year of course um and besides I'm gonna get into um, another thing about why it was the worst and best year of my life but um before the pandemic hit of course um that year was like the most hard year for me not just the fact that I had this huge change that happened in my life but um it took a toll on my physical and mental health um so I was suffering with um a lot of mental health issues that year um I was not really taking care of myself mentally I was um really stressed out um and I was not focusing on what my brain needed what my body needed or anything I was just really ignoring it which is not smart do not do that I do not recommend whatsoever but basically I jeopardized my mental health to the point where I that jeopardized my physical health and I got really sick and everything again I was not valuing Dean or anything I was not um putting Dean first or anything so I feel like that also played a factor in why I was um basically not 
valuing my own health or my own dean whatsoever like i was spreading myself way too thin and um that same year i burnt out basically way too quickly i got really sick um my immune system also really suffered to the point where i was uh i was just getting sick on and off and it was really bad because it was flu season and this was like of, of course this was a couple months before covid but nobody was really taking anything serious at that point and uh, it came to a point where my mental health was honestly the lowest and worst it could have gotten because of the school stress, because of the stress of me not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life after high school, what I wanted to go into. I was um, also very much pressured about what I um, needed to do after high school that like I never really made up a decision for myself and it was like completely hard. But... Uh, just the fact that there was so much uncertainties about the future played another huge toll on my mental health and it got to the point where i was not at the best state that i could possibly be like you know i was ignoring all my problems i was ignoring all my um issues and everything i was not facing them head on and uh, i was basically bottling them away until it's of course you when you do that it's gonna burst um bad things gonna happen you know relationships are gonna get strained which all happened um i took a lot of that out on people that i should not have and um it did not really end well a lot of relationships were basically severed a lot of uh not just family relationships but friendships and um just basically every honestly every relationship you can really think of um until there was a point that i honestly isolated myself for a couple months um isolated myself from literally everything even allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which i regret till this day because allah knew what was in my heart allah knew the pain i was going through and i did not reach out to allah i did not um take anything seriously i did not talk to him ask him to help me through the pain or anything but yeah basically i was lost for a couple um months couple um a basically long time uh, I did not know what I wanted to do literally with anything. Like, when I tell you that, I mean anything and everything. Um, I went about my days. I still prayed. I still did as much um, dikir and deen as I possibly could. But my heart was not in it. My heart was not in it whatsoever. And the burdensome of deen came back to me. Um, the fact that I blamed Dean for a lot of the problems that I was having. I was like, honestly, I was mad at myself, not just myself, for not taking Dean seriously, but I was mad at the world. I was just so mad during this time period. There was so much anger filled with my heart. I literally could feel my um, heart blackening. I could feel my soul detaching from Islam. Like, I was this close. I was literally the brink of probably completely leaving Islam. Um, like I said, acting the part, not leaving Islam, of course, not leaving Islam, um, but I was at the brink where I honestly consider myself not Muslim anymore, where I was like, um, I'm not portraying it. I'm not doing actions. I'm not doing any worship. What makes me Muslim in this point of time? What about me is even considered a um, Muslim at this point of time? So that really resonated me. And I, again, I felt like a fraud. I felt like a hypocrite. But this time it was not to anybody else. There were no perceptions on me. There was no pressure on me about Dean. At this point in my time, I felt like a fraud and a hypocrite to myself. I felt it was like me to myself. I was disappointed in who I was, who I was becoming, how I was acting out, how um, my manners and my um, attitude and everything just shifted completely. Like the person I was turning into and 
this time I could not blame anybody. There's no peer pressure. There was no more bad influences. Um, there was nobody to really like cause this. It was me and myself, not just me, of course. There was, of course, Shaydon and everything, but um, a lot of the things that I was doing was my own faults, like uh, just really bad habits. I was falling into completely bad habits. Um, I was doing a lot of things I should not have been doing. Um, I was. Whenever I was angry, I would turn to a sin on purpose. Like, um, I don't know if a lot of people go through this, um, but I'm sharing this as raw and real as I possibly can to hopefully help you guys. And if you feel this way, but um, basically, whenever I was angry at myself or others, I would sin, I would act out, I would do something. Um, I'd be like, you know what, I'm going to do this because that person acted this way or I acted this way or I did that. And it was not really, it was not healthy. It was not a healthy lifestyle. Um, I was, I was not separating right and wrong at this point. I did not know what was right or wrong. I just did what I wanted to and I did not think of the consequences that it had to offer. Like me suffering and um, not just suffering, but like me basically putting my mental health worse than it could have possibly gone i did not know the full consequences of what that would cause like me to tearing away from my dean but um it took me a while after that point of time to come back to dean and um i'm gonna explain basically how i came back to dean during that time period but the fact that i was so focused about the future um five years from now i that was another um factor i was so stressed um I was like, I was really like, I don't know if I see myself in five years doing this or that, or even if I see myself in five years getting there. So a lot of those thoughts were there. A lot of those um, hardships and struggles were there. And uh, I feel like we're so prone to think about the future. We're so prone to think about the uncertainties that the future has to offer that we do not focus on the presence. And that's what was wrong with me in that point of time. I was so focused on everything except for what was happening in the moment. I was focused on what happened yesterday. I was focused on what happened two weeks ago that I could have no control over anymore. Like, what's done is done. The book is closed. I can't open it anymore. The door is literally locked. What am I supposed to do? I was banging on the door. I was trying to get back into something that was completely closed. I was trying to control things that I had no control over things that I possibly could not even like I could not even do whatsoever there's things that I was trying to do that I should not have been doing or could have even been doing because I had no power I had no control to do that and then there was also I was so focused on the future as well there's like I wanted to do this I wanted to do that I had this in my heart maybe I should go into that pathway maybe I should go into this field like I was just so focused on the future and the past that I was neglecting myself in the presence. I was not focusing on my health. I was not focusing on my dean. I was not focusing on the next prayer that was coming. I was focusing on five years from now when I would not even know if I would see the next prayer, basically. And I, I, the thing is, I know this now, but I did not know that at that moment. I did not know that hey, maybe you're not going to see the next prayer. Stop thinking about five years from now. Stop thinking about what happened two weeks ago. Think about your next prayer. Think about what you can do to get to that next prayer. Think about what you can do within the next hour if you'll be alive in the next hour, if you'll be alive tomorrow. Like I was stressing about things that are not happening right now. I was stressing about, oh, this exam is coming up tomorrow. This exam is coming up next week. And of course, yeah, you should take that seriously and everything. But I took it so seriously that... I did not even realize maybe I'm not even going to be here for that exam. Alhamdulillah, I was and everything. But um, 
that's how I should have been thinking at that point of time. And after that went on for like basically a while, like a couple months, um, the points of time where I saw my shift and Iman and my shift and finding Islam again was when I kind of fell too far deep into that hole. Um, I kind of would phrase this as an abyss, <laughs> a dark hole. I fell into basically a dark hole. Like I pushed myself into there like it was my undoing. But I could not get out of the dark hole for a while. I was honestly in a limbo. I could not escape. I did not um, want to escape. I did not even try to escape. I just kept falling deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into this hole. I kept going deeper into this limbo. There's no end to it. Um, until there was a moment that there was a breaking point where, um, again, I questioned everything. I questioned everything. I said, Allah. Where were you when this was happening? Allah, why weren't you here for me at this point of time? I started speaking to Allah. Um, I started telling Allah how I was feeling and everything. More so anger though. It was more of anger than it was um, of remorse or everything. Um, I was angry with Allah. But the thing is, Allah did not do any of that. And I know um, I, at this point of time, what, what I was going through, I had a lot of my friends. Um, I think I only reached out to like one person later on, but it was after. And she told me, she's like, you went through that because you're a strong soldier. I think there's like this saying basically was like the strongest soldiers will go through the toughest battles. Like Allah does not burden a soul more than it can handle basically. But at that point of time, when I was feeling like that, I think... Um, when I went to talk with Allah, I was like, Allah, I'm not a strong soldier. Why do I? I felt, I honestly felt like I was being punished. I was like, why am I, why do I have to go through this, ya Allah? Like, why um, are you doing this to me and all that? I was so angry with myself, not just myself, but with Allah and everything, um, which is not a good feeling to have because, again, we don't know that the control Allah has. We don't know that the power and the mercy that Allah has. And this goes back to when I was a child. Um, when I was younger, um, I did not know the mercy of Allah. I did not know. Um, I knew that Allah forgives you. I knew that Allah, you you repent to Allah and yeah, your sins are gone. But as a child, we were prone and we were kind of wired to think of Allah as a punisher. We were prone and literally taught that Allah is like basically to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to only fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But as I got older, I started to learn more about Islam. I had to realize that, yes, we need to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But I did not know that we could consider Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala our best friend. I did not know that you could literally talk to Allah as if Allah's right there. Talk to Allah about literally anything and everything possible. And that Allah has love for us and we should have a love for Allah in our hearts too. And not just that fear and that wrath and everything. So as a child, I, like I said, I thought of Allah as a punisher. And only a punisher. And in this moment, that's all I was thinking. That's the only thing that was going through my mind. Allah is punishing me. Why am I going through this? Ya Allah, why are you doing this to me? Those are the only questions that were asked in that point of time. And I felt guilty. I honestly really felt guilty in this point of time as well. Because I was doing a lot of this stuff to myself. I caused this pain. I I caused this heartache. I caused myself to go through all that. I did all that to myself. With, of course, Shade, me listening to Shaydan's whispers, me falling into the traps of Shaydan, yes. But we need to realize that there's a lot of things that we cannot pin on the Shaydan. Like, yes, the Shaydan influences us, but we did that at our own will. We did that 
at our own will. That was us deciding in that moment to do that sin. That was us deciding in that moment to go and go astray and go further away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it took me a while to realize that. But um, basically, at that point when I was talking to Allah that day, um, I was saying, Ya Allah, um, I don't know anymore. I'm tired. Um, why? When is this punishment going to be over? Um, that was everything that was going through my brain. And it was not until, honestly, that same day, I had an, I literally had enough about my excuses. I had enough. I talked to Allah straight on. I sat down. I made dua. I prayed. And um, I asked for forgiveness. I asked for mercy. I I told Allah. I said, Ya yeah, Allah, guide me. Um, take away my pain. I started, I started seeing Allah not as the punisher anymore, but as this merciful this forgiver um i started seeing allah have that love and i i finally saw that that small inch of light within my heart just for that moment i started to turn back you know i started to repent i took one step towards allah i took one step and i just started talking about everything i was feeling i was talking about like as if allah was there because um i think i was watching this lecture or i saw this video or post that said talk to allah as if allah is your best friend so in that moment i talked to allah as if allah was my best friend as if allah was right there as if allah knew everything that i was going through and the thing is allah did know everything that i was going through allah was waiting for me to reach out Allah was waiting for me to do all of that you know for me to ask for forgiveness, for me to repent, for me to finally open my eyes and stop jeopardizing my health, just stop jeopardizing my future, and to stop taking control over things I could not have control over. So, you know, I woke up in that instance. I said, I cannot keep making excuses for myself in this moment. I cannot keep pretending that um, that my life will get better if I don't do something. Like, I honestly, in that before that, I was like, when is life going to get better? Like, I literally... There was a point in time where I literally lost hope. I was this close to losing hope and complete faith in literally the future and seeing happiness and seeing a road, a pathway made for myself until I turned back to Allah. I needed to make the efforts and I could not. The thing is, in that moment, I was waiting for Allah to come to me. I was waiting for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to come to me. But the thing is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not come to anybody. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there if you need him. But you need to go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You need to take one step towards him. You need to move one step forward. Take one step and Allah will come running to you. I did not know that in that moment. I thought Allah would make my life easier and just like that. But the thing is, that's not that's not possible. That's not going to happen. You need to ask for it. You need to make the effort. You cannot just sit on your butt and act like and pretend like everything's just going to get better because it's not going to get better. And I did not know that in that moment. I did not know that everything was just going to, that I had to make the efforts. And the thing is, I knew, I knew in my heart that I had to reach out. I knew in my heart that I had to ask Allah for stuff. I knew that I had to start making dua. I knew that I had to reach out to Allah and take that step forward. But I was, I was, I could not, for some reason, I could not take the step forward for a while. I knew, but I did not want to. I, it's not that I didn't want to. I just couldn't bear to do it. And that, that's the thing. I could feel my heart blocking. My heart was blocking so much that I could not even take that small, that first step and make that effort or even talk to Allah and repent and make forgiveness. I couldn't even do that because I felt my heart blackening. I felt the whispers of the shaitan overtaking me. I felt myself falling deeper and deeper into that abyss, into that dark hole, into everything. 
So in that instant, when I took that one step towards Allah, that one day, I told Allah about all my struggles. I told Allah about all my hardships. I started speaking to Allah. I made dua. I started taking deen seriously after that. I started basically. But the thing is that I had um one of my cousins, basically, she, I would go to her about deen all the time um, because she was, um, she was kind of the person that I'd go to. And I kind of told her, I was like, how did you basically find yourself here loving islam like this and she said she said i took a small step i took a small step i did not rush into all this and the thing is i was rushing into dean back and forth i was going back and forth and the thing is i was taking too much of i was basically skipping steps and i did not take the first step i jumped to the third step and i started um putting all of that pressure of dean on myself when i should not have been when I should not have skipped those steps, I should have taken one step, the next step, and then the next step. I think I saw another post where it was like um, a ladder. So if you move up, if you skip the steps, you'll get there, but you're not going to really get there, you know? Like, you're going to fall. You're going you're gonna to keep falling, basically, if you keep skipping the steps. You're going to trip. But if you take one step at a time, if you take that one step at a time to get to the top of that ladder, to find that highest iman, to get that closer, to get closer to Allah, you're going to get there because you're taking your time, you're taking your steps. But the thing is, I was so worried about time that I was jumping steps. The thing is, I don't know how much time I have. I cannot control that. Like I said, I was controlling things that I shouldn't, I, that things that I had no control over whatsoever. So in that instance, I made a vow to myself to take baby steps towards Allah to take baby steps towards Islam to take it seriously in this point of time and I'm not saying everything was easy like after that point I'm not saying that um yeah everything was perfect right after that no there was there were points of time where I fell into that same dark hole and I went through the same habits and I knew but the thing is this time I knew better I knew better but like I was kind of far along that I did not do anything about it again i think the same thing happened like a year after all of that that incidents um but it made me stronger as a person it made my iman stronger it changed who i was as a person not just a muslim but as a person in general it became a lifestyle i started to see islam as a lifestyle and it took me having that hard moment, me having that stressful point of my life to finally find the love i had for islam to finally basically basically kind of um take it seriously and the thing is um it does not matter if you come from a muslim family it does not matter if you were born muslim if you're not muslim if you have to basically revert or not revert or whatever everybody will basically have to find their own journey to islam it does not matter if you like of course there's influences on you there's people that kind of lead you towards islam learn more about it but the thing is you have to yearn for islam yourself nobody and nobody can know basically what's in your heart except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and nobody knows the love that you won't know the love you have for Islam unless um you figure it out for yourself you have to go through that journey on your own and everybody basically has to go through their own reversion to Islam it doesn't matter if you were Muslim your whole life there's a point in time where you will take Islam seriously and you got to find that now. You got to figure it out now. You have to bring that path to you as close as possible as you could. Because for me, it took 
it took me having to go through that breaking point in my life, me having to go through that really bad hardship for me to finally start taking Islam seriously. And the thing is, I'm not mad about it. I'm not really, it doesn't really, Um, now that I look back on it, it really was a great lesson from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was, I see it as a trial now. It was a test that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put in front of me to realize. And the thing is, is it wasn't a punishment. I thought it was a punishment in that point of time, but it was not a punishment from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was a test. And the thing is, I know it was a test because it brought me closer to Allah. It got me, it brought my iman up. It got me thinking. It got me just basically putting Islam first. Stop. I stopped putting everything else before Islam. And things before that, I was putting everything before um, Islam, but I stopped doing that. I took Islam seriously. I started praying with meaning. I started reading Quran. I started learning translation, the meaning of things. I started learning about the history of Islam. I felt that love. I felt that peace. I felt the nur in my heart. My heart was basically not black anymore. I could feel it unblackening. And of course, the shaitan's whispers are going to get to you. But in that moment, the nur in my heart was so bright for a long period of time that I was happy. I'm not saying that like, like, yeah, happiness is constant. Yeah, you're not going to be happy for the rest of your life. But I was so happy in Islamically, in my spirituality, in my faith and everything. I was so happy. And yeah, there were there were factors in life where after that, yes, um, I was unhappy and uh, I went through a lot more struggles and everything. But genuinely, I started focusing on the positivity. I started focusing on um, the good things in life. I started I stopped thinking negatively. I stopped putting myself down, blaming myself for so many things that I have no control over. And I gave, basically, I gave myself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I submitted myself. I started becoming a worshiper. I started becoming the slave to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I needed to be in that moment of time for my life to be better. And I saw a shift in my life. I saw... Every, like my relationships were getting better my school my work everything else was just going uphill it was increasing my mental health was getting better my physical health was getting better i was just so happy i was at all-time high and of course the high is not gonna last forever like it's inconsistent like it's gonna go up and down of course we should be pre- we should prepare ourselves for stuff like that but the thing is it helped me later on when i went through another test i think i went through another struggle like a year after that but the thing is i came out even stronger that time I valued deen whenever I was going through a hardship. I made sure to keep deen close to my heart. I made sure to learn. I I continued to learn and seek more and more and more knowledge every single day. I learned so much more about Islam, the beauty that Islam had to offer. I started to nitpick the whys of things that I was doing, why I was reading the surah, why I was saying these phrases with while I was praying, and the fact that I was literally praying in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the thing is, another thing um, that's kind of caused me to wake up is uh there's this one ayah that is kullu nafsin every soul shall taste death that phrase is what made me wake up and realize this life is short this life is temporary this is not forever you do not you are not promised tomorrow once i held that close to my heart and i realized i do not have tomorrow i do not have until the next prayer i don't know how much i have I maybe I do have it maybe I don't have it but I don't know how much I have so I literally had to wake up and realize do I want to do I want to continue wasting my time today and not valuing my deen 
and not praying or making dua or reading Quran or learning more about Islam today? Do I not want to do that and waste my life when I don't even know when my last breath will be? And the thing is, what kept me going is the fact that I do not want to have any regrets. I do not want to stand in front of Allah and have to answer for why I was not doing this. Why I went out that way. Why I... um was not praying the best that I could. I stopped, you know, when people are basically like, oh, I'll start tomorrow. I'll better myself tomorrow. I'll change tomorrow. You can't. Basically, you can say that all you want, but it's not going to happen until you take a first step. It's not going to happen until you make an action, until you physically do something about it. So I had to, I had to stop saying that. I had to stop saying that. And I realized that, this life is so short. This life is so temporary. And like I said, I do not want to go out with any regrets. So I made sure to live every day as if it was my last. Dean-wise, of course. And with everything else, also keep in mind um, within the dean that you maybe you'll reach this point of your life. Maybe you will be able to graduate. Maybe you'll be able to see that test. I still thought that way because you can't really like let you not seeing tomorrow interfere with your... Um, your life here school all of that but basically i started to think like that i started to take death seriously because death has no age death has no number death has no time limit you know you never know you have no control over it so um once i started to value all of that i really kept islam close to my heart i started taking it so much more seriously i um I was practicing the best that I could. And yes, we're not perfect. We're not supposed to be perfect Muslims. And the thing is, before that, before all of this and everything, I thought I had to be perfect. Me, I, I'm a perfectionist. And I have to let go of that mindset of a perfectionist. Because in Islam, we don't, we don't realize that in Islam, you come as you are. Allah takes you as you are. Allah meets you at whatever step you are at. And I had to realize that as long as I try my best, as long as I have the right intentions, as long as I do the best that I can, I th that's the best I can do. I, there's nothing more. I have no control over it at that point. As long as I try my best, I should be I should be fulfilled. So, yeah, that's basically how I found my inner peace with Islam. How I started to take Islam seriously and kind of found that love within islam and see islam not just as a religion but as a lifestyle see it as a way and a right a passageway of my life um how i act how i choose to dress everything about me as a person like i was lost before i did not know who i was but when i found that nur and that light in my heart when i found islam my way back to islam i knew who i was as a person i started to see changes in so many things so alhamdulillah i'm so happy that i was able to embrace this beautiful religion and um also have that sabr and have that patience i'm so happy that i was able to even within that hard moments of time that i was able to have that small ounce of sabr even if it was that small ounce of sabr and also turning back to allah and all of that so i'm saying i'm telling you all of this right now to hopefully help you guys and hopefully inspire you guys to rethink your deen rethink your faith if you don't like how it is right now if you don't think you are the best muslim that you can be if you don't think you're at your best state right now do something about it make a change talk to allah that's your first step talk to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
tell him what's going on allah knows everything that you are feeling allah knows the pain you are going through so just talk to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allah is always there for us and that's one thing that i overlooked and that's something that so much more other people overlook so i hope you guys really start to take your deen seriously and really realize that this life is so short and temporary that we don't have time for tomorrow stop putting things off you know if you if you if you keep telling yourself i'm gonna pray tomorrow you don't know if you'll even have tomorrow so start that prayer right this instance and um so thank you guys so much for listening um opening your hearts and opening your ears to my story and finding my journey back to islam as always don't forget to have sabr and salah thank you for listening salam